God bless you, everybody. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to another episode of A Pastor's Perspective, a podcast created with you in mind. I'm so excited to be here on tonight. I have my special guests in the green room. If you are on, do me a favor. Let me know where you're streaming from and also do us the honor of taking a moment, liking and sharing. I want to get as many people on tonight to hear this discussion. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. Once again, I'm Pastor Kelvin of A Pastor's Perspective. And if this is your first time, please like the page so you can stay connected with me as we do our broadcast each week. As well as, catch it now, we have an audio podcast. You can find it on Apple Music. You can find it pretty much anywhere podcasts are. I hope you will download and subscribe to the podcast on tonight. In the green room on this evening, I have two awesome men of God on tonight. I'm so excited to have them on. We have, I'm going to let you know what, instead of me doing my thing, why don't I just bring them on in? First up, we have Bishop Carl Parrott, and next up, we have my brother, Pastor Timothy Brand. Amen. Give them a virtual amen, everybody. If you're out there on the keyboard, type amen, amen. These two great men of God on the podcast tonight. Now, I may get in trouble when I say this because these are my brothers, so they may get me in the green room, but I got to tell you, you know there's love when... One of them is on vacation and they take the time to on vacation and say, you know what, bro, I will do the podcast with you. So I am so honored that both of these guys would be on tonight. Sister, Sister Sutton is already saying, yeah, my pastor, Timothy Brand <laughs> is on tonight. So let's do this, men of God. As everybody's coming in the room, please do me a favor. Share the broadcast out. Like and share for me. Like and share. Tag someone and get them in. I promise you, you don't want to miss this podcast on tonight. So on my on my right, your left, Bishop Parrot, if you'll go ahead and let the people know who you are. Right after that, Pastor Tim, let the people know who you are and whatever information you want them to know tonight. It's in your hands. I'm Carl Parrott, Pastor of Raymond Ward Restoration Ministries, presiding prelate of True Fellowship, uh, all with corporate offices in Columbia, South Carolina. Just wanted to opportunity to be online with both my brothers. I appreciate you all so very much for uh, thinking enough of me to have me in your company with this virtual uh, time of sharing. I'm Timothy Brand, pastor of the Source Church in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, it's an honor to be on here with such great men of God. And uh, I just counted an honor and a privilege just to be sitting in this seat and having this discussion tonight. So guys, make sure you share the video and invite somebody to watch with you as we dig deep into this right here tonight. Amen. Listen, well, I just got the co-sign from Bishop Parrott and Pastor Brand, so I must be in the Lord's favor. Amen. <laughs> 
once again to both of you. I celebrate you. I honor you. Thank you for taking the time out to be on tonight. To my King's Worship Center family, I see some of you on tonight. God bless you if I don't call you out by name. To my wife, Lady Nicole, thank you for being in the background, supporting and sharing and liking. You guys, you know she called me and I was in the middle of working. And uh, she's been with me long enough so she can tell when I get a little frustrated. Well, I just wanted to call and tell you I love you and do a good job tonight. Bye. <laughs> So, the first lady to call, we love you. God bless you. So, men of God, are you all ready to jump into this discussion? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's jump right in. So, tonight we're talking about this is session two on leadership, next generation leadership, development, and discipline. God bless you, Lady Parrot. God bless you, Lady Parrot. She, listen, bitch, let me go ahead and do this for you. She just interrupted the whole thing. Let me do this for you. Lord, all the anointing that was just on it, Pastor, just left. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> I love you. I love you. God bless you too, Sister Kabisha. We love you, Pastor. So I wanted to talk tonight. I wanted to dig a little deep um, tonight, dealing with development and discipline with leadership. So I'm going to take a real surface level approach initially, men of God. So the first question I want to ask, because both of you uh, prior to pastoring were marketplace leaders, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs in your own right, and you've been out there. So when we use the word leader, Pastor Brand, when, you, when we use the word leader, what from your state of mind or your state of thinking does it mean to be just a leader in general? Um, my, my state of mind and my thinking is, as a leader, I believe wholeheartedly that you must first be humble and submitted, mm. um, not in words, because people think that being humble and submitted is you saying that you're humble or you're submitted, but in action. So in just leadership, in all perspectives and aspects, you got to know how to lead and, and be humble and submitted also to know that the greatest leader greatest responsibility is serving. My Lord, my Lord. So Bishop, yeah, Pastor, you already started. Bishop, what yes. about you? <laughs> Thank well, you, Pastor. Pastor Brand stole uh, some of my thunder just now, so I'll just ride with what he was sharing. When you look at Jesus, Jesus's ministry was all about serving others. And that's the primary, um, I guess, function, we would say, of leadership. Because as you serve <laughs> people, then you help their life become better. In doing that, you gain influence in their life. And the reason you want influence is not necessarily so that you can build yourself up, but so they would listen to the instructions that you have so that you can continue to add value to their life. And that's, um, I guess, what I think that leadership is all about. You're adding value to people that where your influence in their life increases, where you'll be able to continue to add value in their life. Amen. So you both of you have used some buzzwords. When I think about leadership, um, not only in the churches, even in my my marketplace career, right? Uh, right now, I'm still bivocational. Both of you have been there where, you know, you, you lead in the marketplace, you're doing certain things in the marketplace. And I find as a pastor that a lot of what I do in the marketplace is valuable in ministry. I was writing something, men of God, and this is what I wrote down. So how do we, you know, in the marketplace, when I was early on in my retail career, they had strategies to identify future leaders, right? 
because they were able to identify people that had the capacity, that had the work ethic, that had the integrity to move ahead in the marketplace. And I respect that when it comes to jobs. I'm going to throw this out there. When it comes to ministry, is there a void of strategy when it comes to preparing leaders in the house of God? Bishop, I'm going to start with you on that one. And Pastor Brand, I'll come to you. I absolutely uh, agree with that statement totally because one of the things that I've discovered is when we pastor people, when they come to church, in many instances, they don't deem themselves as being valuable in any other entity. So they may not have been successful in the marketplace or they might not have been a CEO or uh, the lead person or a supervisor. So when they come to church, they want to have some sense of authority. And in doing that, they oftentimes um, have good intentions, but their qualifications for what we're needing to represent the kingdom like we should uh, be representing the kingdom is not necessarily there. And it's been a challenge, you know, down through the years in dealing with various people to try to help them develop those skills so they can become. They want to just operate without uh, having skill set. And that's one thing that I do. Um, I guess, admire about the corporate environment. They have, like you said, systems in place to identify who's qualified for this position, uh, who they feel like is the, the person that best represents them in this particular environment or a scenario to help the company to grow. And when people look at ministry, they don't look at it from that standpoint that we're in the business of winning souls. So we're not trying to frustrate, aggravate, or run people off but we want to attract people to what it is that we're doing. So that means we have to have a press, uh, uh, I guess, an excellent presentation while at the same time we must be effective in whatever our assignment is. Pastor Brand. I'm scared to come back behind that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I do agree with um, with Bishop Parrott. And do I, I feel like there's a need in, in, in the church arena or in ministry for, you know, having developing or developing a strategy for creating leaders, I do. Um, because one thing I realized that one of the greatest attributes of a leader is they don't choose to lead. <laughs> um, that's good. That's what most um, of today's standards of leadership misunderstand, that most of your leaders that are leading did not choose to lead. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a wasn't a desire. It wasn't something that they just woke up one morning and said, hey, listen, I want to be a leader. It, it, it was just something that God pulled out of them and, and he developed it so that they could be who they are. But one of one of the greatest things is. In all of professional careers and in and, and a marketplace approach, it is only in the church that people do not desire to be strategically or strategically trained and educated in doing what needs to be done. There is no job that you can go to and just tell them that I'm qualified to lead and they put you in the position. I mean, I can speak from standpoint, from my, my, my personal standpoint, and even in 11 and a half years in law enforcement, mm -hmm. there was no time in 11 and a half years of law enforcement that I could just walk into a department and say, hey, listen, I think that I need to be a supervisor. Mm -hmm. 
And to put it on that, like I said earlier, most of your leaders' greatest attribute is that they did not requ well, require or request to lead. When I, when I took my first role in, in leadership in law enforcement, right. I came into a department and my supervisor, after maybe two months, he says, I don't even know why they put you on my ship. I said, what do you mean? He says, you know more about this job and how to strategically handle it than what I know in all of my training. So I'm like, well, you know, that's not what I want. A matter of fact, I told the supervisor, the chief of the department, I said, choose the other guy that was desiring the role. That's right. He said, no. He said, because I'm looking at your qualifications and it, it's not just by paperwork, but it's by actions and because of your training and discipline that shows your development. You know, so it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely needed, but it's sad to say most people don't want that discipline of being called out to be qualified. You know, I just want to preach or I, I just want to take the role. I want to take, you know, like Bishop Parrott said, you know, I, I, I failed in the marketplace. So I know that I can come to church and say, hey, listen, I was called to preach. And three weeks from now, you doing my ordination service and I'm preaching. <laughs> so since Pastor Brand decided to um, use his giftings and go through my notes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, sir, man of God. I t we talked about this in the green room. I think that it goes without saying, and both of you hit the nail on the head when it comes to leadership in ministry, when it comes to leadership in the marketplace. With, when I started my first job, they didn't make me the store manager. Mm -hmm. They started me off as a seasonal employee throwing boxes. And while I was throwing boxes, there was a manager that said to me, you have a gift and you don't need to be back here. Was never on my mind, never wanted to be in the forefront of anyone, never wanted to never wanted to lead, never wanted to do any of that. And someone identified a skill set that I had and they placed me in a position of development and cultivated what you see today. And so I often say this now. Uh, because of my longevity in my career, we're talking marketplace, not even ministry, right. because of my longevity in my career, because of what I've learned, because of what I've gathered over the years, because of great mentors and leaders. When I fill out applications to go or if I decide to fill out to go to another job, I'm often selected, not because I'm just the best person in the world, but because I have the background and the cosign to say I'm equipped and prepared to do the job. And Pastor Steele. Go ahead. And, you know, you look at that. Mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a marketplace setting, they look at that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, we skip over that Joseph had to go from the pit mm. in order to understand his purpose in a palace. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't understand because they, they look at what they have to endure Mm -hmm. in order to get the product. That's right. And I always tell the church, I tell the source church, it's impossible to have the production mm -hmm. of a product without having the process of developing it. <laughs> you know, Joseph had to be developed even from the pit to the prison. That's mm -hmm. right. And he couldn't allow 
his his moment of uprising in Potiphar's house. That's right. Calls him to forget that the purpose wasn't just in Potiphar's house, mm-hmm. but God wanted to give him something more established in being a leader in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So if, if he would have lost focus because he went from the pit to the palace to the prison, mm-hmm. he would have allowed his feelings to make, make him miss his purpose. Mm-hmm. And it goes through the process. You have to have that because, come on, he, 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 he allowed his character and his integrity to be the thing that speaks for him. Because although he endured what he did in Potiphar's house, mm-hmm. I'm sure they, they all they could give was a good a good testimony of, you know, I know what I heard, but I, I also understand what I saw. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, I, I the baker, the cupbearer, they in the prisons. Yeah, we, we know what we heard, but we can only attest to what we saw. Mm-hmm. So he, he had to allow his experiences to, to be the, the grounding thing to mm-hmm. help him understand that his ministry also, although it was for Egypt, that mm-hmm. was a marketplace. Yes, sir. That, that, that was a marketplace. Let me let me add a comma right there, Pastor Tim. I didn't mean to, but let me add a comma right mm-hmm. there. And I think it's important, Bishop and Pastor, that we understand for those of you that believe there is a, and thank you all for joining and tuning into a pastor's perspective. Thank you for commenting. Do us the great honor and let's share and tag someone, future leaders, current leaders, people that are looking for promotions on their jobs. Listen, we're going to tie some loose ends up for tonight. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to understand that Joseph had to have a discipline. Mm-hmm. Right. And that discipline came through being sold. That discipline came from the pit. That discipline came from serving because really his father prepared him for a future that he wasn't aware of. Bishop Parrott. Yes, sir. And when we think of from marketplace to ministry, one of you all said it earlier. You just can't fill out an application and say, I'm going to do it because I believe I've got a gift. Yes, sir. When I took my first job, Pastor Tim, sure, I was gifted. And there are things that God did for me within that gift. But then it took people catch it. Now, I may lose some people on the broadcast when I say this. There were people in my life that were unsaved. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That did not love the God that I love. Mm-hmm. But like Joseph, they saw God's hand on my life. And they invested, Bishop, the time necessary. Mm-hmm. Even people that didn't like me. They said, I can see how this guy I may not necessarily like can help the business make money. That's it. And so, you know, what I want to say, you know, Bishop, how do we deal with people that may have talent, but they don't have training? That that's that's the thing right there. They have to be teachable. Uh, Pastor Brand said something. He began to deal with the whole storyline talking about Joseph. When you look at Joseph at the end. He spoke to his brothers. He says, God put me in this place to save much people alive. So he realized his whole purpose for being there was to preserve everybody else. It wasn't about his self-gratification. And that's what uh, we have to get over to people. If you're saying you want to be a leader, why do you want to be a leader? You have to get to a place where you develop yourself because the end result is you saving somebody else. They saw something in you. They recognize it's not about them per se, but they said they want to keep the system alive. As right. they identified there was greatness in you, if they could cultivate that greatness, then they could use what was in you to help preserve the system that was going to bless the lives of other people. 
Pastor Tim, I feel like you want to jump in, but let me say this, I'm, and I'm going to cut you loose again. I want to say this to people that say uh, this, that I've heard this phrase, they're just using me. Mm-hmm. Do you understand the gift that God has given you? It's supposed to be used. <laughs> Your gift is going to lead you before great people. Your gift is going to open up doors. But the only way that can happen is if you allow your gift to be used to make the system better. And what we do, whether it's in the marketplace or in the ministry, whatever you bring must be surrendered and broken mm-hmm. so that the system may, is maintained and lives beyond us. Now, pastors, what do you guys think when I say this? Because when I think about the King's Worship Center, when I think about even jobs that I've had previously, that have had to make hard decisions that I don't necessarily like personally. <laughs> but I had to realize there was someone sitting up in the ivory tower that was looking at a report I didn't see <laughs> that understood that if they didn't make hard decisions right now, that maybe affected people personally and emotionally that long term, the business would not be able to help somebody else later on. And when we apply that to ministry, to those of you that believe God has called you to do something, that's great. But just because you have a call does not mean we apply it right now. And decisions that we have to make, you don't always like. But when you understand it's not that leaders are cold, but leaders have to be trained to take emotion out of it to make decisions that ensure that ministry and marketplace thrive longer than how you feel right now. Can can, can I show you something? Absolutely. There was an individual that was a part of our ministry some years ago. Very nice individual. I like the person. They were very likable. Mm -hmm. They came to me and they they made a remark. They said, I'm used to getting kind of what I want. I'm used to being, quote unquote, the teacher's pet. And I smiled at the individual. I said, I don't use people because I like them. (laughs) What I was trying to tell them is, you're a likable person and I like you. But what happens is I don't see you right now being in the position where you can help serve because your focus is not what we're doing. Your mm-hmm. focus is on you glorifying you. That's so right. once you get your focus off of you and on the system, then now you become usable. And you said something earlier about we want to be used of God. And people say, you know, they're just using you. What I think mm-hmm. they're trying to articulate is they're not being compensated for what mm-hmm. their services are. But they used to tell us back in the day, they said, you got to pay your dues. You, you, you have to go through the ranks to prove that you are worthy of what it is that you're saying that you want. Um, when you look at these athletes now, they go straight from college to the NBA, getting these big contracts, and then they might get in the NBA and find out they're a bus. But you've already paid them all this money to start with. That's right. They, 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 didn't, they didn't pay their dues. But then you look at the players from times past, they came out being some of the best players in the NBA. They paid their dues. They showed that they were worthy of what it was that they were asking for. That's right. Pastor Brian. And the thing about it is, I think our our theological approach is is, is so, you know, jaded that mm-hmm. we, we miss really the, the purpose of ministry and what God desires for our life. 
a lot of times people find it hard to, to get over or understand that God would rather hurt your feelings and save your life no. than, than to allow you to operate prematurely and ruin what he has purpose for you. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a lot of premature operators that operate pre prematurely because they felt the need to, oh, well, I, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing versus allowing God to, you know, equip you and establish you in order for you to be what you need to be. You don't understand it. And I, I say this to the church and I say this to people all the time. God loves for you to be happy, but more so he rather you hold. Mm -hmm. So oh. don't ever get yourself confused to feel like it's about your feelings and you miss his purpose. So you can't be developed and, and, and go into a, a arena and serve not understanding that God was always trying to get you out of your feelings because sometimes you got to do ministry even when you're hurt. Talk, talk, talk. Sometimes you got to do ministry even when they don't show up and you've showed up to everything that has happened and took place in their lives. Mm -hmm. You got to still do ministry even when it was you that was up all night praying and believing God to shift things in their life and then they're still not consistent with their relationship with him. You still have to do ministry when they walk away from the ministry and you don't understand why they left. They don't have a, a, a great reason or an excuse or giving you or even giving you a, a, a response for the reasoning. So you, you can't allow how, how you feel to make you think that, hey, listen, if I feel this way, then this is how this is just how I feel. But proper training, proper equipping will help you understand that your theological approach isn't about you, but it's always about God. You know, that's why Jesus says, nevertheless, nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be done because he had to understand and he grasped the principle that in order for me to operate effectively, then I got to get over myself. Mm -hmm. Some of us just got to get over ourselves. That's the only way. That's the only way. And, and, and we, we're, we're failing because we feel because we heard a call, but we don't want to be equipped. Listen, I'd have been set down. That's what people don't understand. I'd have been set down. I'd have been silenced. I, 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 Pastor, Tim, Pastor Tim, raise your hand if you've been set down. <laughs> Go ahead, Pastor Tim. You know, and a lot of times what you have is you, you have a, a, a generation of preachers and, and leaders that's coming and play and feel like, well, you know what? I don't feel like I got to do it how the old church did it or the, the old way that, that they established things. And don't, I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking any new thing, but let me tell you something. I always tell, I always tell pastors this when they talk to me, I say, you got to understand I've been preaching almost all my life. Mm -hmm. I said, so what you see isn't a byproduct of yesterday. Oh, say that this again, pastor. A, say that again, say that again. You know, what you see isn't a byproduct of yesterday. This just didn't happen today. This happened over years of preparation. Of, of, and what, what, you, what you guys said earlier, it came from serving even when you say, well, they're using me. What happens if you got to lead praise and worship, but God called you to preach? What happens That's if you got to play an instrument because God needs you to fill in that position? But no, no, I can't do that because I'm supposed to be preaching. What happens when you got to take up the offering? You got to do the prayer, but God called you to preach. The whole totality of leadership 
is understanding how to function in every role so that there is no lack in ministry. Pastor. No, you, you don't. Listen, no apologies. <laughs> listen, I told you once we got started, it was going to flow out of you. And mm -hmm. Pastor uh, Bishop uh, Parrott, I think sometimes we forget that even in the marketplace, in order to ascend to a certain level, you have to have a working knowledge of how each and every area works in order for you to be effective. Because what happens if someone decides to call out that day? What happens if an area is unfilled? And for those of you, uh, somebody put cleaning the bathroom on there, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into something. You know, one of the clearest times I hear God is when I'm cleaning His church, mm -hmm. when I'm vacuuming the church, when I'm sweeping the floor. And I praise God for the men and women of God that the Lord has sent us. Now they take a lot of that off of my shoulders. I used to sweep the front. Now they will come in and do that. But what they don't understand is that's training that I got back in the day. That if you want to serve God, clean his temple, because I begin to learn more about him, hear from him. And also when I started pastoring, I realized everybody wasn't always going to be there to do what was needed to be done. Come on. Men of God, Come on. before y'all comment, I got a special surprise for you in about the next 30 seconds. Look and see who just jumped on with us tonight. <laughs> but how's everybody feeling? Bless, bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. So, All right. So, you know, and Dr. Mosley, God bless you, everyone. If you don't know this man of God, this is none other than the icon himself, Dr. Brian J. Mosley. <laughs> Amen. We honor you and give God praise for your prophet of God. Amen. <laughs> and so in conclusion to what I was saying is that there has to be an understanding that leaders must serve. Mm -hmm. And you must be able to serve in every capacity with joy. I tell one of my sons now, preaching in the microphone, that's the least of what I do. Right. That's the least of what we do. And most of us want to be seen, but a true servant. You know, I hate to make it carnal, but you know what made the Godfather effective? He wasn't always the front man. Right. <laughs> you know what, though? I had a situation one time when, when we first started. And a leader is attentive. He's very attentive. And, you know, and he discerns. And I, I had somebody that we were setting up, but he felt like he was too good. It felt like they were too good to help set up chairs. They, they felt like they were too good to help tear things down. But they were like, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm called or I feel like I'm called to lead or to be in leadership. And I think sometimes people feel like it's the schooling that qualifies you, but oh, it's God. That's it. You know, you it's good to educate yourself. I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I do. But more so, I need to understand your relationship with God because I always tell the members, you show me how you treat God and I'll show you how you treat people. Woo. Dr. Mosley. Mm. So we've got I've got two of my brothers on here tonight and we're discussing right now. We're on the development part of leadership. Mm. We know you are. And to us, we look up to you as a trailblazer, someone that's got years, pastor, evangelist, prophet. Um, reputation is impeccable. Um, when we talk about leadership now in this current age, what goes or what what are some fundamental things that we need to consider when it comes to developing a leader or being a leader, whether it be in the marketplace or in the house of God? We'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that. 
Well, I haven't been on. Well, how's everybody doing? Good. It, it sounds like I said, let me get some of this information. <laughs> y'all are y'all are working it, uh, but it you know it's a, a subject uh, that is uh, quite inexhaustible uh, when you speak of uh, these areas of ministry and to um, the question about uh, leadership, especially. I think that what we need to emphasize more and more is our service, uh, our service piece, where uh, we understand that ministry is not a place uh, to make a living, but to give one's life. And, uh, and you're doing that. You are actually uh, an essential worker. You know, I always, it'd be, I don't understand it. They don't ever say anything about the preacher. Uh, they thank everybody for their service, uh, but um, they don't seem to say much about the preacher. Uh, and we have a lot of preachers like yourselves who give uh, of your time and the time that you could spend with your family, but you're giving it. And it's just, you know, grueling because sometimes you don't even have time for yourself, your own self. And uh, so, you know, we thank you, uh, especially during uh, COVID and during this pandemic, you know, the preacher has been on call uh, 24 seven. And if it, people say, well, you know, you're, they're on remote. Yeah, but that is, that's even more. I mean, you know, just being preparing, they've had to now invest in technology They've, they and every you know every time you turn around there's something else you have to do there's something else you have to uh, put together so that the people of God uh, so that you can minister them effectively uh, and so now we're getting ready to in some places do both uh, tactile and the remote so that's another challenge for them and then on top of that they have their own family so I take my hat off to uh, these pastors that uh, people say, well, they, they got it all figured out. I don't think we have it all figured out. We're, we're experimenting uh, when it comes to this because one week or one month, something could be said by CDC and then we have to shut down. And it's, we're kind of like the school system, the excuse me, the school system around the country because we are caution. We are being very caution about our children and our people and we don't want to put them in a situation where uh, we jeopardize or you know put them in some harm but back to what you were saying and heard the, the last preacher was talking about which was uh, very interesting and um, you know uh, there are some people that are just not ready um, because they come in with a sense of entitlement you know everything that I do I shouldn't look for uh, some kind of incentive to pick up a piece of paper or move a chair. Uh, it should be an honor to do that. And, uh, you know, I, 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 it just is disturbing because you say, look, I'll do it myself. I mean, I mean, I'm not writing no check today because there ain't no check to write today. You know, uh, I'm just asking you, can you stack the chairs up, you know, and, or can you dust, <clears throat> a lot of the people, they won't even 
you know, you would think that they would say, well, pastor, you know, the bathroom, this, they won't do it, but they want to make you, you know, make you aware of it. Why didn't you do it? Why didn't you take the, take the paper towel and put it up? You know, so there are little things that if we could get people to help us mm -hmm. or do that, that would take a lot of weight off of us, you know. And uh, so there's a whole lot that I know you pastors have already experienced. And can you imagine when you're in this for 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. uh, what you're going to look like? So that means that you guys are going to have to take a, some time to yourself a day that's called a me day, you know, from everybody. Uh, and uh, you might have to take about 30 minutes away from your wife so that you can get yourself together so you can be prepared for her. Because there's so much people expect of you. They, they want you to be the magician. And it's just not like that. I think that's unfair to put all of that burden on one person um, and yet you come in with the spirit of joy, you gentlemen, you, you love God, you, you, and then it's like, where, where, where's, where's everybody else's enthusiasm? I got to get them all worked up. <laughs> so I don't know what happened to our host. I, is he around? He, he, he had some technical issues, but he's working on them now. Oh, but, okay. but that was, that was powerful all uh, that you were sharing because so many times, people, they look at the preacher as though this is your thing. Uh, not realizing they need to take responsibility of this is not just his church, this is our church. And yeah. I don't have the helm to preach from the pulpit, but there is a part that I play. And if I don't do my part, then the system is not going to work to help save souls, to minister to people. Yeah. And that yeah. Right. Right. That's true. You, you, got, you got to have a joy. And there, there has to be an excitement about working for God. Mm. And that's, that's something that you see is almost extinct. You know, once there was a joy and an excitement about serving God and, and knowing that everything we do play a role in ministry. You know, I remember growing up, we, we built our family church and it was a joy mm. in knowing mm. that as a child that we were building the house of God. So I all I maybe can only tote a piece of or a sheet of plywood or get a hammer and a nail and, and nail some some boards on the floor. It was a joy in that because I, I know that I, I'm doing this so that God can be glorified. Yeah. But like you said, it, I think people feel as if, well, it's, it's like, you know, you and pastor or Bishop Parrott said, you know, well, it, it's not my responsibility. It's, it's the pastors. Um, it's, it's not my vision. It's the pastor. It's not my church. It's the pastor's church, but it's it's ours and it's it's our ministry and it's our our job to to be effective and let the world see and understand who God is through us. You know, I understand wholeheartedly that one person can't run the show. You know, either I'm gonna give out or burn out. It's one or the other. Yeah. You know, so. The more we have, like you, like you know, the saying is, you know, teamwork make the dream work. That's a reality in, in, in ministry. The more we have on deck that's working towards one common goal, the more effective we could be. If we would be like some of the other ones that don't believe in the God that we believe in, mm. I can only imagine how effective we could be and how powerful 
we could be if we had that mentality and that mindset that we're doing this as if we're doing it unto God. Yeah. You know, but it, it it's it's our 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 belief, our Christianity that when when a lot of of the other faiths, you know, they 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 may not even always agree, but they'll come together. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna get flyers passed out on the weekend by everybody from five to almost a hundred years old. They're gonna pass out pamphlets and they they I mean they're so smart now the kids pass out pamphlets mm -hmm. and you know they're knocking on the door. So it, it's just the understanding that we we all make the ministry function and mm -hmm. flow how it needs to because of all of us working together. And, you know? and, right. And, and the Bible talks about uh, the hand and uh, the body as an organism. Everything works in conjunction. Mm -hmm. uh, the the job, the heart has a job as it cardiovascular, uh, the arteries. So everything has its function. And when you find that what you are to do, uh, you get in your place and everything runs smooth. But, uh, you know, when you're trying to be a vein and you're a finger, uh, so it, it all it should work together, like the Bible says. Um, and God gets the glory. Yes, sir. And uh, he's lifted up. And the objective is that someone would see God through us. So we're not acting like exhibitionists or someone that wants attention. See, that's the thing. There are no stars. Uh, we are a part of the team. And he left us here and told us, I want you to make good on what I gave you. That's right. Because I gave you that parable. When I come back, if you bury it, you know, I'm going to get you. You know, I expect you to... I expect you to, um, you know, to what I have given you, uh, invest it and, uh, and invest it wisely. Um, and so thank God that he's given us another opportunity after while we're dealing with this pandemic that we can work together. One of the things that we deal with nowadays is individualism. I call it the gospel of, uh, of individualism. So you can't really get too much out of a person because their whole thing is me. Mm. So it's it's hard to get them to see that we're here. This is about uh, our our ministry. You know, so that's 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 a challenge. And and you have to uh, whatever you want people to see, whatever you want them to do, they have to see it being done through you. I I went to a church one time. The pastor said, "I can't get these people to pray." And I, he said, can you give me some advice? I said, well, how often do you pray? Mm. He said, well, I pray a lot. I said, well, I want you to go to church and pray and let the people see you pray, even if you don't stay long. He said, well, yeah, I ain't got a lot of time now, I'm, I, I, <laughs> but I'll go there. And you know what? He started going to prayer and the church started coming. And then he was able to, because they said, well, you know, we see how important his pastor is doing it. So. You know, we have to set the example, uh, even in the home. You know, we have to set the example because we're we're called 
in this particular uh, role and position of leadership. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody's looking to us. You know, they see us coming through the door. So let me ask a question. I'm sorry I fell off, guys. Obviously, the discussion was getting good, so all of my equipment decided it wanted to take a vacation. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. But I wanted to ask a question uh, as you guys were talking. Does pedigree or background or family line make a difference when it comes to leadership? And what I mean by that, uh, when we're looking at marketplace, you know, oftentimes, especially when it comes to internal promotions, questions that I've asked is, well, who was your manager? What store did you work at? How many positions have you held? When it comes to ministry, does background uh need to be considered? Does pedigree, who were your fathers, mentors, pastors, are those things that need to be considered when we think about leadership in today's church? Bishop Parrott? I, I think to some degree, because you want to make sure whoever trained you, whoever you were submitted to, they were credible. Mm -hmm. So that you're competent. It's not so much that um, their name is going to say that you're great. It's just saying right. that the opportunity to serve under somebody that was competent and qualified and you possibly for having served under them gathered some of what came from them you know what I'm saying? Um, absolutely I think that, that that helps us as we move forward uh, if I could throw this in before uh, you move on yes, sir. Prophet is a, a, like a senior statesman and pretty much everybody knows who he is most people focus on him now but they don't know the years back in the 70s and the 80s where he turned around and even while preaching, played for people and sang and led worship and did these things. They just look at the senior statesman now. They don't look at what took place prior. That's and I right. think that's where a lot of our dilemma is now. We're looking at, I want to be an overnight wonder. So I don't feel like I need to connect to anybody. I don't feel like I need to serve. And why is it important who I was under? You know to determine, you know, whether you give me an opportunity or not. I think that's a huge thing you just said, Bishop Parrott, because develop, it just keeps going back to development and time in the game and who uh, hands were laid, when I say laid on, you're not necessarily in the form of praying for you, but who helped to cultivate and shape and develop you. I know for a fact, um, being in the background prepared me for what I do today. I do know the years of service prepared me and developed me. Not, I'm not perfect at it now by any means at all. But I do know those years, uh, Dr. Mosley, in the background of serving, even uh, when you went to my pastor and, and I was submitted to you for some time, you know, driving and doing certain things. It prepared me uh, for what I'm doing now. It prepared me for some sleepless nights. Right. Because if you've ever had to serve. Dr. Brian Mosley, you're going to have some sleepless nights, right? You're also going to learn, <laughs> I see that smile, you're also going to learn what it is to pray. Yes, you're Lord. also going to learn what it is to be totally surrendered to the will of God and not your own. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about leadership, once again, Pastor Brian, we can't get away from time served on the job. What are your thoughts? I agree. You, you can't get away from time served on the job because I can know how good you can serve by how well you take review. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Can you, you serve my notes after being reviewed? You know, can you still serve after, you know, being chastised and, and, and not saying, well, you know what? My season is up here. So I, the Lord has called me to go on to somewhere else. You know, the greatest 
leaders are developed under pressure. And and the thing is, is it, it's not the the road that we would choose ourselves, but it's the development that God's established for us to be who we are. You know, because if if, if you can't handle the pressure, then you can't handle the responsibility. And it, it, it's that development that says, okay, listen, you're not just going to hightail, like the old folks would say, and <laughs> run out at the moment you're faced with the reality of ministry, the, the reality of serving. So knowing your background, knowing where you came from, I wouldn't say it, it plays the, the, the most vital role, but it plays mm-hmm. a vital role because like Bishop Parrott said, you know, we need to know, you know, the the person or the people who you serve and the character and the, the you know, the integrity that they had. So I got to make sure that you're not operating in the same manner or in the same way or in the same spirit, because mm-hmm. I got to be careful of who I allow to speak to who I'm covering, because mm-hmm. when something falls in out of place, who they're going to look at is not who's speaking, but who sent them. <laughs> so you, 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 you have to take everything into consideration because they're not going to say, um, well, you know, Pastor John came in and, you know, was preaching and was ordained by, you know, Pastor Steele. And um, and he, he just did a horrible job. They're going to say, I don't know why in the world Pastor Steele. That's right. Allowed this joker to get up here and to preach over us. But we, we, we're in a time and we're in a we're in a season. We're in a place where people desire the role without the development. Mm. And it, it, it's, it's scary because in all actuality, what we're creating are monsters that's mm. going to destroy what needs to be established. Prophet Mosley, Dr. Mm. Mosley, excuse me. Mm. Thank you, Pastor Tim. First Timothy 5, 5 and 20. Them that sin rebuke before all that others may fear. Mm-hmm. We're talking about leadership, and I want to cross over into, because Pastor Tim hit it when he said, well, I'll know what training you got based on the, how you take rebuke. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been around a couple years. Is it me, or does it seem as if the past generation or the current generation of leaders are unable to deal with the other side of ministry, which, or in general, is discipline. And where do you think that comes from? Well, but before I say something to that, but I'll say something to that first. And that is my colleagues and my generation needs to take some responsibility. Let's yes, just sir. say this is double two. Um, the, you cannot blame Z's or Generation X when you, listen, these are our children. Somewhere along the line, uh, we neglected to, uh, they don't put anything on the shelf at Publix or Kroger's unless it goes through the validation process. Yes, sir. And one of the challenges we've had is people being given a stage or a platform 
that was not prepared for. They weren't prepared for it. So now that goes back to those people like myself. Did we take the time? And we need to just be transparent and honest that we did not take a sufficient amount of time and with this brother or sister to say, look, you know what? We're going to try this tomorrow. It's not working today. Let's come back here tomorrow. You know, and it's it's time it's time consuming. There's a lot to developing uh, when you're doing ministry because there are a lot of people that we think are peaking, mm -hmm. and they're not. They they hear something. It, it's cultural, mm -hmm. and they like it, and so now they even start talking. See, they haven't found their voice. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with admiring someone, but you have to find out who you are. You have to find, see, then you wouldn't have to preach about staying in your lane when people know who they are. And this is my book. So there's a lot to this. And then the other thing is um, uh, when you talk about um, this whole thing of, trying to groom. See, people don't stay long now. Mm -hmm. See, when you got them, you got, they don't stay long enough. Now you mm -hmm. pastors who are gonna see this if you haven't, if, if, if you're not giving certain people the, the attention that they feel that they need right away, they're gonna find someone else to go to. So as a leader, you have to have some insight. You gotta say, well, look, this person, I'm gonna have to really sit down and talk with because there are some things about them that I can help them with if they're willing to what? If they're willing to submit. You cannot pour into anybody that's not going to submit to you. You can't because what's gonna happen is they're gonna eventually turn on you. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, so many people, and you can't build great ministry on transit, transit, transit people. They're here with you at right, they're at White Rock one minute, then they're over to First Peter Baptist, and they leave First Peter Baptist, and they're over the United Apostolic. And you're saying, wait a minute, bro, where, where, where are you? You know, I just want you to say a good word, say a word for me, because I'm trying to get in this door. And you say, wait, 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 wait. I haven't even seen you in a Bible class on Zoom. <laughs> See, so we want a certificate without the work, without the study. We want to get on stage. And these guys want to be anomalies because they see somebody that is out there big, whatever they think is big. Right. And they say, well, I, I, they, they got that in their mind. They will not stay long enough. And then there's another part of this called a vetting process. Talk, Prophet. Talk, now, talk. if I come to work for you, you're going to say to me, I need references and I need job history. That's right. And you are you are a smart guy. You are a smart young lady. But I'm looking at your application. You're going to have to give me this information. Well, well, you know, no, 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 no. Because the history is going to tell me how long are you going to be here with us? That's right. Right. I'm not I don't have time for games. My time is valuable. And I want the people out there to understand these men are valuable to the kingdom. They don't have time to be chasing anybody. Are you coming to praise, worship, rehearsal? And because they come in and you don't know where they're from. That's right. And they can sing. and oh, But then they got these things about them. And you'll say, no, look, bro, 
Now, let me tell you something. Before you got here, wasn't nobody taking nobody's numbers. I cannot have you. I can't have you in my choir rehearsal or with my praise team taking everybody's phone number. You can't do that here. That's right. See, so we got all of this kind of stuff going. Then the next minute he says, God's called him, God's speaking to him or her. These are spirits. And you have got to nip it at the bud quickly. And you can do it in such a way, you know, take them in the back, sit down with them and say, look, bro, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those pastors that are looking for members. See, now I don't know where you came from. But if you're going to, you got to start here. This is our process here. Number one, there has to be a process in place. And that's all about development, process and preparing you. And then, of course, progression. Because at some point, uh, leaders teach leaders. That's it. So, you know, and a lot of people, you have to go back to the orientation. Uh -huh. What was their orientation? That will tell you, like the gentleman said, the pastor said, if they have not done well when it comes to chastisement or being silenced or then, you know, you're going to have a problem. And the other thing you need to do, take a visit with them back home and see how they interact with their family and their mom and dad. Yes, sir. That's going to tell if they lay their mother and father out. It just hasn't happened to you yet. Mm -hmm. I was telling a, a a couple the other day. They're madly in love, and I was trying to get them to calm down and understand that you're madly in love. But you need once you simmer down. I That's want right. you both to visit each other's house and see each other interact with their families. See, and so before we want to do something big like a wedding. Let's deal with the whole marriage thing, not just the one day coming that we're going to be joined together. You know, let's find out some information. Uh, so everybody uh, that we have, people come with all kinds of agendas. Mm -hmm. They come and you ask them, where church you come from? Well, Pastor, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've been praying and your name came to me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> your name. They may not do that down south, but they're... Your name came to me. And then the next one. The, you know, Prophet, you say that and, I, and you're serious and it's funny at the same time. But I'm certain you two as well as I have had this. And well, the Lord sent me here. Yeah. And and I'm wise enough to know. But at this point of the game, be weary of the ones that are always coming and tell you the Lord sent them. Because the same way the Lord sent them, it seems like the Lord pulls them out three weeks later. Well, the the, the you're making God look schizophrenic. See, no, no, he's not. He doesn't say one minute, you know, and they, they have no uh, loyalty. They will not have. See, loyalty is very scarce. See, you got to have a loyalty. They're not even they're not loyal to anybody but themselves. They're self-driven. So when they come to kingdom, when they come to your place, you know, uh, when they come to be with you, they're only there for a season, my friend. That's right. Because again, so uh, like you said, and, and I say this in all love, uh, the fact that this is where we are, we're at a crossroads in ministry right now. Yes, sir. You know, and, and we have to be very careful. Yes, you should, there should be some background. Um, and you ought, and we ought to have the kind of relationship with other pastors that we can say, look, you know, this guy by the name of Willie Clyde came here last week. Now he says that he was with y'all. That's right. He said, Willie Clyde. He said, yeah, Willie Clyde. 
He's from Little Rock, Arkansas. And he said the Lord sent him to help me. Well, then you know he's off now because God ain't sent him to help me. That's an insult. <laughs> but when the church opens back up again, y'all going to have your hands full. And Pop, what, what you're saying, and I don't want to miss that point because that's a bomb you just dropped with that you just left there, but that also requires, don't you think, integrity between pastors when we have sheep that wander around? Because sometimes you have to pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, brother, sister, so-and-so, when I was with you, they're over here now. Now, that's something that we had years ago mm -hmm. that I don't know about your generation, how it works now, because oh, everybody seems to be threatened, I you know. Do. And, and one of the things that I love, and that is, you guys, are, I'm a relational guy. Yes, sir. I don't have to preach for you. I just, just it, it, listen, I think that if we're going to build something, we build it based on God is a God of relationships. He's the one that the first relationship you have is with him. And so it's important that we establish relationship with one. Now, everybody is not. Listen, there's some people that are relational, but they're not, they're situational, but they're not relational. Mm -hmm. See, got to be the right situation and all that. We all have the, the kind of relationship. We pick up the phone, Bishop Parrott, uh, and and the uh, the other Bishop. What's your name, name sir? Pastor Brian. Pastor Brian. Okay, yeah, I, I ought to be able to pick up the phone and say, "Look, there's a young lady at the church here." And sudden, 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 oh yeah, Doc, we will. We need to have that relationship. Our That's white right. parts have it. That's right. See, That's right. We ought to have. They ought to be a circle. Lawyers have it. That's right. You can't retain one lawyer and got one across town. The guy will say, "Wait a minute, sir. I don't care how much money you give me. It's against the. Uh, we can't do if you're already with uh, attorney, uh, 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 Mr. Steele." You're going to have to go back there and get the, because it's going to be a conflict here, you know, or, or whatever. So we've got to put these things together and so that they're correct or we ain't going to have nothing. I think, Pastor Pastor Tim, Bishop Parrott, I think that falls under just integrity and like Prophet said a, mo Dad said a moment ago, loyalty, um, integrity, loyalty and commitment to the role. I know for me, when we talk about discipline and all of those things, I've had uh, people that I, pastors that I fellowshiped with, and some of their church people have come over to a fellowship on a Sunday, and I pick up the phone, mm -hmm. and I say, hey, so-and-so is over here, or if Prophet, if I get that, well, I feel like the Lord is leading me here. Okay, why do you feel like the Lord is leading you to me? Because your pastor is preaching out of the same Bible I'm preaching out of, and so the next step is pick up. And what I found when I do this and I call that pastor, they'll say, yeah, because A, B, C, D and E, I take it to God in prayer and I'll sit back and I'll watch. And what that pastor says unfolds every time. But when we talk about leadership and development, that's an integrity piece that I don't think we can give people. It has to be there. What, what are your thoughts? That, 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 that's a tough one there because you'll see people and. I mean, the position that they're in at that time can be deceptive. I, I think we were talking about it earlier. If you mm -hmm. put a little time on it, it'll it'll reveal really what's in the individual's heart. And um, I believe that if a person doesn't have integrity, if they're positioned around people that have integrity, eventually it'll draw them or it'll drive them. That's right. 
So that's right. Pastor Tim, what are your thoughts? I agree. I agree. And I, I always say in leadership with any any leader that's being developed to lead, give them time. That's right. Give them time and, and, and time is going to prove exactly where their heart is. You know, mm. I, I'm not moving. And I think sometimes it, it is probably one of the things about me. And I, I try not to to be this way. But I mean, I'm, I'm not moved because you can sing good. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not moved because you got a good hoop and you can you can pray real good with, with the sound. But I, I need to see because I'm at a place in my life and I, I'm probably the youngest person on here, but I'm at a place at my life. It's that consistency that determines and tell me your development. That's right. Um, so I, I got to see your ability to be consistent. Even when you don't feel like it, even even when it, it, it don't work how you want it to work, because. People will people come and people go. That's right. You know, and they'll come for for six months, and for the next six months, you may never see them again, or you may not see them for another six months. So I always say, and I I, I said, you know, I might sound hard, but I got to see how consistent you can be to God before I I can establish you to be consistent to people, because if you don't do God right, I know good and well. You definitely are not going to do people right. You're not going to handle ministry in, in in a way that it needs to be handled because you you really like you know like you know um, Dr. Mosley said you're 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 basing everything off of self. That's so right. So if it's about you, you could care less about everything else that's going on in the ministry. So you there to get your fix or to have your platform, but you refuse development. Mm -hmm. And and uh, to say you, you're spot on it, like the young people say, um, but, um, you know, people are looking for something and uh, you, you what are you bringing? What are, what are you bringing? How, can you are you can you bring an asset mm -hmm. to the ministry? What it, it only takes a couple of days for somebody that you get put the wrong person and what you built for 10 years, six years, tall up and you got to spend weeks on Bible study because of this one person. We got to have a discernment. We have to be, and like the, the pastor said, and, and I'm one, you know, don't be so excitable, get excited about the, you know, cause the hooping and the preaching, all that's cultural. That's right. That's not, you know, but what's your, what's the content? What, 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 where's the, where's this, the, 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 you can, you depend on this brother. Uh, a lot of these evangelists don't have pastors and they shouldn't be preaching for you. Mm -hmm. So you bring an evangelist in, he has no pastor. So what can he tell your people about loyalty and about, uh, you know, all of those important things? Because once you bring him in, you know that you're like you're the one. No sign in it. They're the ones that are going to their church. But pastor, you brought them. <laughs> yeah. Pastor, you brought her here, and you say, "Yeah, I did." Uh, so let's pray. So what are we going to do now? Because what we should have done is had a vetting, um, and then with a lot of people, everything is personal. You know, then you got that spirit. Everything, pastor, can I see you later on? And you said, "Okay." Uh, or they'll go through somebody or to the wife and say, look, 
Can you ask your husband to pass? I need to see him again. So, okay, you're in the office with him again. And I just feel like, you know, I have outgrown this ministry. And um, I've been, every time I come now, I'm seeing like you're preaching to me. And I'm really hurt because I've got phone calls from people in the church. You can hear it in their voice. You know, it's like life, it's like lifetime. Pop, where does that come from? Because you have people like my mother who stayed at her church, literally. I mean, even after my my pastor, my brother started his, she did not leave the earth because, almost. Yes, sir. Because these people are so, they bought into the church, not into the personality. Ooh. See, they, they were, they bought the system, they bought what you built. The Baptist church is an interesting institution because they will bring a preacher, hire a preacher. Now they they love his style, but if, if he don't, if he ain't produce do he's supposed to do, they gonna get. So at, we got to build the kind of ministry that is not personality driven, mm. but the program of the church. They have to get invested in what your vision is. Mm -hmm. Talk so they have something to come on that that's they have that something to hold on to and you got to lock them in that word get them to love God and you know I pastored 12 years because at some point you, you then you you know you're trying to reinvent yourself yep. if you're into this personality thing you got to reinvent reinvent you know so you got to build people and sell them uh, the, the church the what God's doing they got to buy into that when the storm comes, because you're going to have crisis. You got crisis in marriage. Yes, sir. You know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, they were saying, you know, how they, uh, they this this person, like I said, they're madly in love. And I said, well, you've only been together for a week. And uh, you can't, and then they, because I just, uh, I don't know what I'd do without him. I said, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do without him. So you got to listen to what people say. And the first time he crosses her and she hauls off and, you know, and he said, I, what you do that for? She said, because you don't, don't you move that no more. He said, my mother ain't never hit me. Uh, See, the time pressure, give it time. Yes, Crisis, give it time. Yes, and sir. See what the person is all about. Time will tell, like the pastor said. Over time, that's what the Bible says. He didn't do it to the end. We got along until the end. There's a lot of people that are dropping off because this COVID and 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 the previous president, he they God allowed them to to, to expose what people are really about. If you say you love Jesus in your church, you're going to be on your pastor's Zoom and live and not running all over the country on a on the computer to everybody's ministry. They call that control profit. <laughs> you know, that, that's that that's the word of the day since we since we're there, that that's control. But I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question. I'm going to get a couple more out and I'm going to get you guys off of here for this evening. How do we address this? We're talking about leadership development and discipline. How do we address someone who has a zeal, but they don't have the gift? They desire to do certain things. They want to do certain things, but it's just not 
there. It's, it's just not there. How do we handle those individuals? Because we see a lot of that. And, you know, like 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 Dr. Mosley said, uh, how we how we preach that, that's cultural. That's some of how we do the call and response. That's what we do. And so you don't even have to be called into preaching of God to be able to do those things. Right. But how do we address those people that really they sincerely have a heart, but the the oil to to lead a congregation, the the oil to be a part of the eldership, because their qualification to be an elder, right? The oil to to be it's just not there. How do we handle those individuals in twenty twenty one? Bishop Parrot, I'll start with you, Pastor Brandon, then we'll end with Doctor Mosley on that question. That that's a good question um, that you asked there all by itself. One of the things that I've tried to do is to try to love on and develop. Uh, a closer relationship with those individuals because um, my experience is when people have to go through a vetting process and you show them that they don't qualify, they take that as though you don't love them or they take that as though you're saying that they're not saved and mm. can be loved and they can be saved and still not be qualified or they right. be qualified, but not to serve in the church. You, you might be good for the corner ministry, going out there, drawing people in, helping, you know, those are less fortunate. But we're trying to develop future leaders. There are people, young people that are sitting here watching us. They're learning how to conduct themselves in the house of God, learning what's, right. what's not appropriate. And if we put people that are not qualified up, then they learn buffoonery, so to speak. That's and right. Uh, they perpetuate that to another generation. And then we're wondering why our children are so far behind and why the kingdom of God is an embarrassment and not advancing. So uh, one of the things we've endeavored to do is to try to love them and develop close relationship with them. Let them know this is not directed to you personally, but you just don't have it, at least not in this season. Maybe, right. but it's just not there now. That's right. Pastor Brand. And I agree with, with Bishop Parrott. Um, you you got to love on them and help them to understand that, you know, we all have different different roles. We we all have different assignments. And just because you have the zeal doesn't mean you have a stamp. Yes. And you you have to understand that, you know, God has assigned you for something, but not just that. You know, like you said, um, it may not be preaching. It it, it may right. be, you know, help, you know doing missionary work and it people don't understand a lot of times that ministry and leadership goes beyond a pulpit that's right it, it goes beyond a podium and a platform i told someone a long time ago i said i can be honest with you i preach more in the street than i do behind the pulpit that's right you know that's right. i said because ministry goes beyond that point. And, and if you're thinking that it's the title that qualifies you, no, it, it, it's the hand of God and the call that qualifies you. And he, he told the disciples, you know, he, when he gave them the great commission, he said, go out into all the world, you That's know, right. and, and teaching it and, 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 and giving them the gospel, compelling them unto salvation. And people find it hard to understand that being the disciple doesn't mean that you have to be bishop. You know, being a disciple doesn't mean that you got to be elder or you got to be apostle or, or you got to be prophet. Being a disciple only means that you're Christ centered and, and you're out to, to, to do his bid 
and win souls. So it. It, it, it's hard to get people to understand that if I call you a missionary, it goes beyond just you going to the nursery, the nursery, the um, nursing home. Mm-hmm. But it, it's understanding that the mythology of mission is doing the will of God in all that you do, because God's oh, will has always been to fulfill a mission. Uh, so never mistake that you're not called to preach as you're not being called to serve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you can never mistake that. And, and, and a lot of times and a lot of people feel that except I'm given that call and that title to preach or, or, or be the next apostle or be the next prophet and, or, or, or be the next greatest leader that they'll fail to be the next greatest servant. I said something to my church years ago. I said, when I close my eyes and God called me home, mm-hmm. I don't have to ever be known as the greatest preacher in the world. I don't have to be known as the greatest prophet in the world. I don't have to be known as the greatest bishop in the world. But if I'm simply known as one of the greatest servants, that's right. I completed my assignment. So master. if you help them understand that serving is an assignment for all of us. That's right. No one is exempt from it. That that will prove in, in totality where your heart is. It, it will prove, you know, do you really love God? But, you know, most people have the, the tendency to follow him, but not fall in love with him. Yes. You know, and, and you, you see it. A lot of people follow Jesus because of what they knew he could do. And, and, and they were followers of him, but they didn't fall in love with him. They, they, they was impressed with his assignment, but they didn't grasp his concept. Mm. So, you know. All, all right. right. All right, Pastor. Dr. Mosley. Yeah, that is very true. And, and I say that to when I'm and I keep going back to this. I say that when I talk to young ladies, uh, they always come to me about you know, the organist or the pastor or the preacher that I want to marry a minister. And I said, why? And they said, because look at the work he's doing. And I can see myself with him. I said, okay. Um, And then when I start laying it out to them, uh, what's involved in uh, ministry, uh, they said, well, he didn't tell me that. And I said, well, he didn't tell you that because you haven't even, he doesn't even know you have these uh, aspirations for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you uh, want him and you want me to pray that you all can get together. I can't do that. Well, God told me. I said, well, if God told you, then you wait till God works that all out. But go to go as he said, this now, it's very true. People look at what they can get out of this person Right. And never know who this person is. And so that's why we have crisis in our marriages. Yes. You know, because we, they, they, want, they see something. They see the whole idea of now I'm going to be with this preacher. And, and we are going to do this. And he's going to do that. And so you've got a bunch of women mm-hmm. with this idea. And there's nothing. Listen, they should have a desire to be with a nice gentleman. But in this case here, this is not the one for them. I say that about ministry. I know a lot of people that are excited about, you know, I want to have this and I'm going to have that. 
and, and when I get my ministry and all of that. And you ought to listen to some of these guys. And I just sit there and they said, Prophet, you, you're tickled. I said, well, I'm listening to you. That's right. We haven't yet, see, you, have, you don't even understand uh, the very beginning of ministry deals with uh, your relationship as it relate as you relate to God, mm-hmm. you know, and have you built on that? Okay, so you got your eyes on something that is not even you. Mm-hmm. So then there's another word called compatibility. Everybody's not ministerial compatible. Talk you got people that can work for you that can't work with you. That's right. That's right. Like you said, you got to find as a leader, you have to find out where these people you can't put certain people with certain people because they'll cause a ruckus. That's it. Once you put them over the youth, you've got the biggest problem because you didn't take the time and say, look, let me find out a little more about this person. Discipline, character. Okay. Uh, so this is something that we need to understand. Now, in the military, you do not put on the uniform until you learn what that uniform is all about. There is a boot camp, and we need to go back to. to we need to go back to having some kind of. There has to be a regiment. There has to be a process before you put them out there to preach. Because right. if you drop the P off preach, it's reach. That's right. You everybody's not going to 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 reach people because they tend to preach uh at people instead of to them. And like like the preacher said, and so we have to have compassion. Compassion over time, you have compassion for people. You can't just throw people away. You know, uh people will we are all prone to make mistakes. I'd rather for you to make a mistake at our church than go down the street and make a mistake at somebody else's church. At least you did it with us. We're going to love on you. We're going, And you have to have that. I'm going to tell you something. The ministries that are going to go places are ministries that are compassionate with people and that are understanding and, and not going after people uh, mm. and, and because, it, because there's too much of this. And that's not Christ-like. Now, anything that any rebuking and all that should not be done online and should not be done on social media, all of that should be done in the back room. Your company will not tolerate uh, uh, Walmart or whatever you work for. They will not tolerate you standing in on the showroom floor, Bishop uh, 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 Kelvin, uh, and screaming and hollering at the top of your voice. That's right. Because that will go to the you the manager what is your like was it goes to the manager in the the district uh the county district manager yes sir your district and manager call you up and say mr Steele, we need to talk right away yes we sir an email are you okay yeah i'm okay okay well we need to talk and next thing you know you're in a conversation with them and they say listen our brand is at stake that's it and you're saying what do you mean your brand i have little and they said well, listen we need to have a meeting right away an executive meeting right away because you know what? We're not tolerating anybody laying anybody out in the aisle. You will never find that in Walmart. You will never find that in Kroger's, but we find it in the church. Talk that. And that's not the way we should be handling 
people and you can't have people handling people like that. And then they, they're, they're offended. We need to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus and not Jesus because we're not him. We, we have his what nature. That's right. And we stop being baby Jesus. Uh, uh, we're going to bring somebody before the church. Stop. There is a process. That's right. And when we get back to that process, I told a preacher a couple of years ago, I, he said, I'm going, I, 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 I can't no woman in this church and no woman in this county say I did it. I said, brother, don't, don't, don't keep that down because the enemy is busy mm -hmm. and he wants a little place to get in so he can discredit. Love is oh, going to draw them. Love. Love them. And like the bishop said, either draw them or drive them. You ain't got to talk about somebody's heels and toes out mm -hmm. and how long their shirt is mm. and, and, and how long the skirt is. Because I had a preacher say to me, he said, uh, you got more grace than I got. I said, why? He said, look at all them women on the front row. And I couldn't preach with all them need. I said, well, you don't need to be in the pulpit anyway. That's right. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> See, so you need to be focusing on the word. Yes, sir. And on helping people. And we got, in order for, we got to be global. You men, gentlemen are going to be global. You're going to be preaching to people in Australia. Or in, in, the, in the other side of the world through this ministry. Glory, hallelujah. And you can't be over there talking about what color socks you got on and all that stuff. You got to preach the gospel. And we got to raise up these young people. We got young people that are on fire for God. That's right. And somebody said to me, oh, we don't want them jumping and jumping. Let them jump and shout and everything. Because you did it. That's right. And you have to have something to give them. Give them something. Give them, let them exercise their gifts. And God has allowed us to be outside now. Yes, sir. So, uh, I don't listen. But I, you all got me stirred up. We had, somebody said that in the comments. Listen, we've got uh, just a little bit longer. I've got one more question that I've got to get out tonight. And then I'm going to do a round robin for final comments for Bishop Parrott and Pastor Brand. Dr. Mosley, I'm going to skip you for that part because I have one question I want to give to you tonight okay. for you to answer and then give closing statements. And then I'll close out right after that. So I've got one more question I want for Pastor. I got a feeling you're going to jump in on it anyway, Dad, because it's going to be a good one. But I've got something specific for you that I want to ask tonight. So we've talked a lot about development discipline, preparation uh, of leaders tonight. Let me ask this question. What are some things that you guys or you men of God as leaders identify as a reason to hold someone back who is definitely gifted, definitely called, but they are not ready? So when you look at them and you see them, if I'm a young pastor, I'm a new pastor, and you're and you're developing uh, Bishop Parrish, you have a fellowship, you're covering leaders. Uh, what are some things that you may say, hey, yeah, this person is gifted. Yes, there certainly are. The hand of God is certainly on the pastor brand. Yes, the hand, hand of God is on them. But I've noticed one, two, three, and you need to slow them down. What are some things as leaders that you say, hey, yeah, you're gifted, but not yet? Bishop Parrot, you, Pastor Brand, you. 
I would probably say they're unteachable, operating in rebellion, and then their private uh, proclivities are made public consistently. They're not, they're not trying to work on getting past what their challenges are. They're comfortable and they're just living that out. Um, I think those are, are reasons that I would probably encourage them to just pump the brakes a minute and to, to be at pause because I would much rather them go through those processes at the stage of minimal visibility than to get on a platform before time and have all of these eyes on them. And everybody now see all of these issues that will could turn around, destroy their uh, families, destroy their ministries, and even uh, cause them to get to a place of depression because they're worried about what everybody thinks about them and all the things that they possibly could have lost uh, in this process. So um, that's something that would probably, um, those would probably be the three things that would come to mind when I say, you know, to hold them back just a little bit. Amen. Pastor Brian, thank you, Bishop. I, I agree with um, with Bishop Perry. Um, I'd rather you not rush the process and ruin the product. Mm. Because it, it, it takes it takes time and it, it takes discipline and character and integrity is, is, is one of the things. Not, not to say that you're perfect, mm-hmm. but I, I believe wholeheartedly that there's there's a life that you have to live before the people. That's right. So if it's something that we can handle um, privately and you haven't made it publicly, mm-hmm. we, we can we can we can work on some things. But it, it, it's when you stand before these people, the first thing they're going to do is question your character. Mm-hmm. They're going to question your integrity. So when, when, when you got to be blameless, it doesn't mean that you've lived the perfect life or you've crossed every T and dotted every I. But you strive for perfection before the people. That's right. And in the sight of God. And I, I think that's what a, a lot of people don't understand. And, you know, you look at the life of David. David, you know, he lived a life that it wasn't perfect before people. But the thing is, is his relationship behind closed doors with God perfected him to, to sit in the position that he sat in. And Sometimes, you know, it may be the hardest thing to accept us saying that, hey, listen, you're gifted. That's right. I mean, it, it, your, 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 your strategy for teaching and preaching the word is amazing. Mm-hmm. But not now. That's right. And, and not now doesn't mean that God hasn't called you. That's right. But not now means simply that, that he's trying to save you. I'd rather him keep me in isolation. So that when he presents me, nothing can stop me. Then to rush it and ruin the product because I was so eagerly ready to step into a position that I wasn't prepared for. Prophet Mosley, um, Dr. Mosley said it earlier, and he said, you know, it, it, you, you got to be in a place to understand that it's that preparation. It, it, it's that preparation, you know, that behind the scene of, 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 of your 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 growing up under other leaders right. and having somebody pour into you that helps you develop into becoming who you are, but you have to fault leaders that's not doing that. That's right. Or, or fault leaders that rather have the numbers than have 
the 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 training. That's right. You know, I, I'm I'm afraid that they're gonna leave. So I better go ahead and install them or promote them or put them up in place because I, I don't want to lose them. No, I want to create leaders so that when I close my eyes, ministry continues to go on, but not just go on, but be effective. That's right. So I, I that's that's my my take on it. There's something that are two things I want to pull out of that, um, that both of you said and to any emerging leaders that are still submitted to someone else. I want you to know not now does not indicate never. That's right. Not now does not indicate never. And um, I've been on this ministry journey 24 years, pastoring only seven years. And some days I still feel like I could go back to a boot camp and learn a little bit more. Right. Not now does not mean never. And I'll never forget um, early on in the journey, um, I had some things come up and I reached out. This is why it pays to keep relationships with people that have been there for you, that have hurt your feelings for the right things and not be lifted up into pride because I promise you, you're going to have to pick up the phone and call those people. So Dr. Mosley, I'll never forget, I was going through some turmoil and I picked up the phone and I was sharing some things. And the person said to me, what are you afraid of? Because if you don't address this now, it's going to bite you later. And because pride and arrogance and not being humble was not there, those words came to pass. And so I say that to say this, you're not ready to lead anybody if you still can't listen, obey and submit. That's correct. And I'm telling you as someone that is occupying the seat of a pastor, if you can't listen now and you don't hold that office, you will fail miserably later. Dad, did you want to add anything to that before I get ready to wrap up? I feel like you do. Yeah, I just want to say that you all are saying great things because uh, you. Um, it, this is a subject is inexhaustible. We could be out here for the, but it, the thing is, uh, title versus testimony. Pharaoh had a title. Moses had a testimony. <laughs> Okay, so I would rather wait on the Lord, go through the process. The Bible said, make full proof of your ministry and put the time in. There is time that the pastors are talking about. Time. Stop watching the Bible. The Bible didn't say it. I'm saying a watch pot never boils. Mm. Take your eyes off of. All of this stuff you're seeing, they want to glamorize, sensationalize ministry. Okay, the work of ministry is grueling. Yes, sir. It's like marriage. You want a good marriage? You got to constantly, there's things that have come on that mm -hmm. you have to put yourself in this marriage. Yes, sir. Everybody that's married knows what I'm talking about. Marriage yes, is like ministry. And if you don't, and the other word is maintenance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can buy the best car you want, but you're going to have to address maintenance. It's got to, and ministry has maintenance. Mm -hmm. Things have to be taken care of. 
we, we, we want to jump into something that you don't have the capacity for. Come on. Mm. So you got to know what you're getting into. Parents, you're encouraging your sons and daughters to go out here and get engaged and get out of my house because I'm tired of looking at you. Da, 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 up, up, up. <laughs> that, that boy is not ready if he ain't making up his own bed. When that girl says to him, you go in there and make up that bed, you got out of it, lad, he gonna look at her and say, wait a minute, my, man, my mother don't talk to me like that. <laughs> and there you go. So what are you talking about, Mosley? Work, teaching, mm -hmm. and it's possible that they'll mold and shape into something great, but it takes time. Look at, uh, Joseph was rejected. A lot of people go into ministry on, on rejection. They were rejected. But he ended up in the palace. Mm -hmm. You know, so we, we got to work in these areas, undisciplined areas of our life. We got to work on those areas. And you can't do this work. I want everybody out there online. You can't do this work if you don't love people. Say that for the if people in the back. Like, if you love numbers then you're going to have a problem. I don't like folk. <laughs> well, you don't need to be preaching and you don't need to be leading no one. You got, listen, it, it's, 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 we have our challenges with people, but at the end of the day, you got to have a heart for people. That's what this is all about. You got people's blood on your hand. That's it. Say that, Their Dad. blood is on your hand. And like the pastor said, there's some things that were done See, the better part of, 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 of uh, discretion is valor. Valor is a better part of it. So, and, and so I'm telling people, now, I, no one, like he said, and I say it this way, you know, you haven't crossed every moral eye, you know, I mean, dotted every moral eye and crossed every ethical T. Now, but God help us to be what? Circumspect. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm being, circumspect. What do you say? What do you mean? Careful. That's right. Careful. I have to be careful. I had a lady taking me home when I was a 26-year-old preacher. Yes, sir. And she said to me, uh, crossing the George Washington Bridge, she says to me, now, you know, I, I'm tired of wearing these stockings and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I need to just pull over. I said, well, honey, when you pull over and pull those stockings off, I'm going to get on, when get down on Tremont Avenue, I'm getting out. <laughs> because the conversation has been going south ever since we left church. That's right. You, 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 you don't, I, I, I said, and I'm telling brothers out there, you got to know when to cut the conversation off. Yes, sir. And, and so it's the little things that lead up. I'm learning from uh, these uh, young people about, you know, when you text people, they send you a text complimenting you, mm -hmm. young lady. You, you say thank you and you keep moving. You don't yes, get no conversation with them because you, you're starting, you're going to start something. You're talking, Dad. You're so talking. We got a lot, these are little, little, little things, but they can turn into something big. That's right. And we want to, like the preacher pastor said, people are looking to us. We're the only Bible they read. That's it. You know, and and so they see us. What what I want to hear, now this is, this is something, something else that 
was said years ago by Gandhi. Talk pop. Gandhi said, I like Jesus, but sometimes I don't like his followers. Mm. Sometimes they can be unlike Jesus. That's right. That was Mahatma Gandhi. I don't want, I want to live so. God can use that. Me. That's right. That, that my life is an, an example to people. And these, we're living in a time with systemic racism and all of that. And we're living in this climate now. And I said to the Lord no longer than today, I cannot do this effectively hating anybody. That's right. We have been hated. We have been done the atrocities. Oh my God, it breaks the pathology of slavery and all that. But let me tell you what we cannot do. We cannot do to them what they did to us. That's right. Talk about We're going to leave them. The Bible talks about Ethiopia stretching forth. We're going to leave them. And we can't leave them. And we never did that because our mothers and grandmothers could have put poison in the pots and all that stuff. But they That's didn't right. do that. We have to lead in love. Some of you are going to have white people in your church. Puerto Rican people. Your church is not going to be all black. I receive it. There, there will be, but you got to love everyone. The white girl, she's saying, listen, can y'all pray for me? We're going to pray for her. That's right. And we're going to pray because I believe something. Reconciliation first has to come recognition and once we get past the recognition and realize that it was something done against us, God is going to touch some people's hearts and they're going to say, I was a racist when I came to this church. But I watched pastor and now I know that I love, I love. And let me tell you something about these racist people. When they get Jesus in them, they get to boo-hooing and crying. They, they'll be some of your best promoters. Yes, sir. And so I'm saying that and then right now, the Lord's given us a great, great opportunity to witness. This is the great, this is the opportune time for people to get saved now. So I, I just believe it. I, I just believe it. Dr. Mosley, so you got into a little bit of what I wanted you to close with. So I'm going to put a comma there. I'm going to put a comma there. I want to take a moment, guys. Please, if you're on, don't drop off just yet. Give us just a few more minutes of your time. I promise you won't be disappointed. Bishop Parrott, Pastor Tim, Dr. Mosley, thank you all for being a part of this podcast on tonight. I'm so grateful for those of you that joined in. Once again, thank you for tuning in to A Pastor's Perspective. If you've never been here before, please do me the honor, like this page. And if you enjoy a good podcast, you can find this podcast on Apple. You can find it on Google, Spotify. Do me the honor, download, subscribe, and share and help me to build this platform. My goal is to reach people with information that will bless them outside of just on Sunday mornings, because now you really get to hear the heart of leaders on a different platform. So once again, I celebrate you guys to my King's Worship Center family that's out there listening tonight. Thank you for supporting Pastor. Now, with that stuff out of the way, uh, Bishop Parrott, I'd like you to take a moment once again, introduce yourself to the people, anything that you've got going on in the corner there. We see your new release, The Joshua Syndrome. Please take a moment and talk to us about that, Pastor Brandon. We'll come to you. Once we do that, I've got a specific question for Dr. Mosley. Dr. Mosley, I would like for you to take your time, answer that question, and then lead us out in prayer. Okay, sir? Bishop Paradis, in your hands. I'm most honored to have this opportunity to uh, be on this platform with such distinguished guests. Anytime we get together, it's such a uh, awesome 
expression of God's glory being released. And I believe that someone was blessed today. If I, I'm Carl Parrott, the senior pastor of Rainwood Restoration Ministries in Columbia, South Carolina, presiding prelate over True Fellowship, also with their corporate offices and uh, main worship center in Columbia, South Carolina as well. Uh, pastor Steele talked about the new release, the Joshua Syndrome uh, that we have. And it is a book dealing with secondary leadership. It talks about some of the things that would help you to be effective as a secondary leader. And it also gives you tools and nuggets to look at how to maneuver around the emotions that you have. Because sometimes while you're going through those secondary leadership moments, um, we talked about earlier how you'll say, you know, I'm being used. It talks about having those emotions and talking about how to use those emotions to benefit the system and at the same time to help you to move forward because you have to realize that uh, God puts us in a system that has reciprocity. Be not deceived for God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. So if you find yourself getting out of line because somebody else is out of line, then you miss the fruit that God wants to put in your life in days to come. And uh, I believe it'll be a great help. Uh, some of the things that are in there came from mistakes that I made. So I'm trying to help others not make the same mistakes. Bishop, thank you for that. You went through it quickly. I, I appreciate it. Would my Rama family do me a favor? Uh, would you please, any of the Rama family, put down the website information how, in the comments so whomever may want to go to the website or whatever to order that book, if you would add that into the comments for me. Bishop, we're going to have to bring you back again to discuss that book uh, with a little bit more detail. Thank you, and God bless you for being here on this evening. Pastor Brand, Pastor Brand, I just want to celebrate you so much. Men and women of God, he, I, I texted both of them last minute. I had a concept, and they were very gracious to me. And right now, he is on vacation with his family. So I honor you, and I say this publicly as nothing but a word. Wherever I am or whatever you need, if you say, Steel, I need you, I got you. So we celebrate you and Lady Brand on tonight. Once again, let us know who you are, where your ministry is, and anything that you'd like to share tonight with us. I'm Timothy Brand, pastor of the Source Church. Uh, it's an honor and a, a blessing and a privilege just to be here. I've definitely enjoyed this dialogue. It's been great. It's been very informative. And I pray that somebody that, that's watching, you take this information, apply it. And I, I can guarantee you and I promise you, you're going to be better. You're going to be better. It's a blessing and an honor. And I'm grateful. Amen. You can catch both of these great men of God online. Bish, uh, Pastor, what time are you streaming online? Pastor I'm 9 a.m. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. Sunday mornings, um, Source Church. Um, you can follow, look up Source Church SC on Facebook and you can find us there. But 9 a.m. sharp, we're there. We're serving. Tune in. Watch us. I promise you God has a word for your life. Amen. Right before I go and I caught a glimpse of him Sunday, he had his his referee outfit on. Amen. <laughs> Pastor, Bishop, excuse me, Bishop Parrott, what time are you all streaming on Sunday mornings? We stream at 1130 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Amen. Rayma family, if you all once again put your information in one from the Source Church, please add that information to the comments. Kings Worship Center family, please add ours as well. Now, last but not least. To the one and only. I call him Pops, Dr. Brian J. Mosley. Bless you. I think you know we all love, honor, and respect you. You kind of got into my question that I wanted to ask. Um, if you all don't know who Dr. Mosley is, shame on you. Find him wherever there's a social media outlet. Just put in his name. Uh, and that's all that needs to be said. 
Amen. Uh, make, sure you spell it. make sure you spell it right. M O S L E Y. When you say put it in, <laughs> make sure you get him on your lives. Make sure, yes, sir. Get him on your lives. Get him in service. I promise you, uh, with all of the Bishop Perry said it this way if we don't watch it, buffoonery that's going on, the wisdom, the insight that God has given, I, once again, I honor him as dad, uh, has, you want this as part of your live, your service or whatever, invite him. You can find him on social media. Dr. Mosley, I had a question that I wanted you to answer with everything and without getting into too much muck and miry. There's a whole lot going on right now. There's a whole lot going on right now. A lot is playing out on social media. A lot is playing out just everywhere when it comes to the church. We're, we're dealing with the pandemic. We're dealing with church closures. We're dealing with trying to keep people focused on God. And we have so much stuff now that is making what we do look like a farce and foolishness. As a senior statesman, as someone who I know has the, the heart of God the, to, to know what the people need to hear, we honor that oil on your life. What do you say to the church right now? What do you say to the people of God right now? What is it that God has laid on you? What do we need to understand in this moment? And that I'll turn it over to you for this and then prayer. I'm just going to make this statement in Psalms 139 and 14. It suggests that you and I are the apex or at the apex of God's creation. At some juncture in this life, you and I have to find our own voice. Yes, sir. Being someone else's voice won't work long term. So for your benefit, for your sake, find you and be you. And by the way, you're magnanimous and marvelous in the eyes of God. Father, we thank you. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Moses. For those of you that tuned in once again, we appreciate you tuning in for tonight. I'm going to end with my son, Levonacek. That's what his his name is. He's a wonderful musician, rap artist, and all of those wonderful things. I'm going to end. Take a minute and listen to this video. It's called Love. Men of God, if you have three minutes after this plays, I'll chat with you in the green room. Pastor Tim, I understand if you got to go, but if you can hold on, I'd love to chat with you guys just a couple more minutes before we leave. And to everybody out there was watching, thank you. Go ahead and share this again and join me next week, same time at 7 p.m. And until we speak, peace abide. Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because he overcame. We are to always pray, and everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher, faithful, sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader, well-respected. 
And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective.